We're Snap. We are tackling. We are potting here on Snap Tackle Pod. Welcome to the show. I'm Mick Schaefer of KSHB 41, my Oklahoma A&M shirt, Cowboys against Central Michigan. What could, what could go wrong there? Deion Clisso, the uh, Missouri fan slash Virginia native. Uh, uh, Missouri native, Virginia fan. Missouri I went to Mizzou. Went to Mizzou. Yes. But I also and, follow and, Virginia uh, as well. Lord of all things, preps, Casey. What's going on, man? Not too much. I guess I should have, you know, Mizzou's playing on Thursday. We're recording this on Wednesday. I should have worn my, my Mizzou shirt. Actually, marks, my, yes. my favorite Mizzou t-shirt is currently drying. So that's that's what okay. that is. <laughs> well, I've got a lot of teams to cheer for on Thursday. Oklahoma State, Missouri, and then Purdue, because the Boilermakers are wearing patches to honor on their um, decals, rather, on their helmet to honor Lynn Dawson. That's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Uh, I went to the game last week and uh, was at 47th and Raytown Road at 618 and got into the game about 730 uh thanks to a wreck and a stall car missed the choir formation uh and almost maybe kind of glad i didn't because that that i mean that was kind of a cool thing the, the, the game on 16. didn't quite know what was going on that's what i heard yeah yeah and so in the press box which is way up there we struggled for a while to realize what's going on why is Mahomes running out there they're running off um and so on the broadcast obviously they narrated it and um you know gave it some depth I- I will go ahead and big time you here that where I saw the game when I was there was maybe the best seat in the house. So uh, where, where's thank, that? Oh, that's thanks right. To Gary, thanks to Gary Spaney at the Chiefs. Uh, yeah. We we are the we help select the Chiefs coach of the week each week. And and uh, thanks to Gary uh, last minute on Wednesday, he called and asked if I'd like to sit in the Clark Hunt suite. And I said, sure. So Cole Young and I went. Uh, the food was fantastic. Everyone was very nice. Um, and I appreciate that honor. Um They've, that's the, the, done a couple different things with them because of our relationship been on the field a few times. They did a great thing for the Simone award finalists a few years ago on a Thursday night game that just worked out. They took all the finalists out the, out to the game. And that mm-hmm. was a great thing. So the chiefs, you know, really involved in, and appreciate that. And, and that is a good vantage point. Uh, if you can get it, yeah. that's on the old press box level back in the day when they, before they shot the press box. Feel a lot the lower. Room. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, that's cool. And that's awesome. Hey, it pays to be the, uh, the the czar of high school sports in Kansas City and answer your phone at the right time too. That's probably exactly. you know I'm not going to kid myself. I'm gonna I'm, I, I appreciate the honor, but I'm I'm sure that uh, I was far down on the list <laughs> when it came to it. Uh, uh, but like I said, I, I everyone was very nice. Uh, Rita Hunt was that Lamar Hunt Jr.'s wife. As nice as could be, um, yeah. and and we, we talked high school football with people in the suite as well. So that was kind of fun too. So yeah. that was that was a good time. Yeah, they actually honored uh, my son's team last year after winning state championship. They got to be on the field, yeah. honored at halftime. They were there, you know, in the late second quarter leading up to halftime, taking video of Patrick Mahomes running out of bounds. <laughs> it was a, it was a memory they'll have uh, for the rest of their lives. So we appreciate the Chiefs and their uh, their cooperation and their support of uh, high school football here in Kansas City. All right, that's what we're here to talk here. Yep. Snap Tackle Pod. It is week one of uh, high school football in Kansas, week two in Missouri. Let's look back here first, uh, Dion. What happened in that Liberty North, Lee Summit North game? I guess um, a lot of times defense is ahead of offense this time of year in the first week in the season, and I guess it certainly was in that game. Yeah, that game was pretty well dominated by Liberty North. It was 14-0, I think, at halftime. 17 nothing until late in the fourth quarter and and Lee Seven North got a score there. A couple factors at play here. You return nine of eleven off of one of the best defenses in the city, including the Buck Buchanan Award winner, who's as recruited as anybody. And you're probably talking on that defense. There's probably seven or eight college football players. You know, even in class six, you aren't guaranteed having five, right. six, seven, eight college football players, let alone maybe 
three or four D one and maybe a power five top 50 recruit in the country type thing either. Uh, and I, yeah, defense is a little ahead of offense. And I think people, at least I'm in North knew that they were going to be a team that uh, was going to struggle offensively a little bit. They've breaking in two new quarterbacks. Uh, you know, they've got a good running game and that's, you know, I think what they'll probably do. But I think if, if they, if a team knows, if a team like Liberty North, that's that loaded on defense knows you may be not one dimensional, but your, your passing game may be a work in progress to start the season. It makes the, makes it tough to get some offense going. Yeah, but that was the narrative for Lee Summit North coming in. It was all the college talent they had there. Not just yeah. college talent, but D1 FBS talent. Not one, not two, not three, not four, but more than that. And uh, yeah, Liberty North just kind of uh, shut them down. You mentioned the late score late in the game. Does that change your mind on things? It's early. It's week one. These two teams could very well meet up again in the playoffs, but is, is Liberty North is, I don't know what, I can't remember who you thought was the team to beat going in. Uh, is, is it the Eagles? I, you know, I said, I said, at least North is probably the most talented team. I, I picked Liberty North in week one. I just thought it was a better, you know, better matchup, veteran quarterback on Liberty North, veteran defense. I mean, just early season type thing. I don't know if they meet like that again, uh, which it will be in the state championship game. They are on the opposite side of the brackets uh, again. So uh, except uh, Liberty North would have to get through CBC if they were to come out of their own bracket. I mean, let's not, mm. uh, Forget they've got, you know, teams like Rockhurst and, uh, you know, in their bracket as well. Uh, and same for Lee Summit North. Ray Peck's really good. Um, so that's – and Nixa. Nixa is in their district. Don't keep an eye on Nixa. So there's no guarantees those two, two, two teams automatically pop out of their districts. But if they did, they would be on the opposite side of the bracket again this year. Ray Peck and Rockhurst was another marquee game last week. And I guess in opposite fashion, the offense won out for the most part in that game. Ray Peck gets the victory. Um, did that surprise you at all? No, I thought, I, well, I got, I bought into Kelly Donahoe because he seemed really confident and they were leading that game. So I felt pretty good about that in the third quarter. But Ray Peck's offense, which is as good as anybody's, you know, one out in that game. And I think those are two really good teams uh, that are good enough to go deep, you know, be in district championship games, uh, you know, if not beyond that. Um, I'm curious to see Rockers this week against an upstart Blue Spring South that got their first win uh, since 2020. Um, and then also I, Ray Peck so they against were winless last year. They were winless last year. Ray Peck against Park Hill. Park Hill scored a ton of points uh, against Columbia Battle. We'll see. I, I mean, Ray Peck. I mean, Coach Sean Martin said our defense. We're going to have to outscore some people early on. He goes, we, we like what we have on defense, but it's an experience. We're still putting it together. It's going to take a while to come together. He goes, but we know we can score. So you know, expect to see. I don't know how many points can be scored this week with Ray Peck and Park Hill. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, but um. Another close game between Rockers and Ray Peck. I think every single one of their games they played last three years are seven points or less, one score, and and scored late. Fourth quarter, the, the score in the fourth quarter has won it. Um, those two teams are pretty evenly matched. I think Rockers can be pretty good uh, down the line. And not, don't forget, this is a junior-laden team. Mm -hmm. They'll be a lot better now at the end of the season than they are now, and they will be really good come next year. Um, you know, what kind of flew under the radar last week when we were previewing these games, we kind of focused on those two big marquee class six matchups was maybe the two best teams in class five on this side and Fort Osage and Grain Valley. They hooked up again in a rematch of a playoff game last year, in which Fort Osage won. Fort Osage pulls away, gets the uh, victory again this time. Yeah, kind of sloppy game. <laughs> Both of them turned the ball over a few times. Uh, I, I don't think they're going to send that game to the Hall of Fame by any means. That's August uh, football. It's a lot August of football, yeah. August you, football. You, you try and – like Jeff Myers, the old East Coach, said, nobody wins week one, you just don't lose. Uh, <laughs> and so And so I, I got to watch – right there. Yeah, it's it, – it, I got to watch a decent amount of that game. 
and Fort Osage looks really good. Uh, I think Grand Valley is a good team. I think they, they're going to be there down the line. But uh, Fort looks like they – I mean, uh, they're coming in ranked number two in Class 5 now, and and I think that says exactly where they are. I mean, I think there are two or three. I can't remember the web cities in there too. Um, but I, I think Fort Osage is really good. They're physical. They're fast. They're big. They've got size. They've got a veteran quarterback. They've got a playmaker. They've got a couple other playmakers who made plays in that game outside of Lorenzo Fenner. Um, so, yeah, they – I'm sure they've got some things they want to clean up. They got Carney this week, uh, and that'll be a, a good test for definitely for Carney. They're going to have to, you know, Platte County is not down, but they're not, you know, I don't know if they're state championship game caliber this year. They're they, they're little, you know, new new offensive players, a uh, little younger team. Carney got a good one that at Platte County last week in overtime, 21-14, and and for Platte for Carney, that's just a you know week one wins are not that important. But when you haven't beat your rival for three straight years, it becomes mm-hmm. important. Much like Blue Springs South hadn't won a game since 2020, that one win is as important as any other wins they'll have this year, just because of what it does for that team. All right. So the Missouri classifications are out, districts, classes, all that stuff, which is good. I mean, it's the yeah. season uh, about time. <laughs> um, Seven a.m. on Friday morning. That was when it, that's right. when it went up. Yeah. Any twists? Any turns? Any curveballs thrown there at the end? Daily up. So every every team in the gold and the silver is now a class six team, uh, which is I think kind of where people thought they were going. Center up um, to class like four, up to four, yeah, uh, which makes their their situation a little tougher. Um, yeah. That being said, they're they're athletically as talented as anybody. Um, I saw in the summer they are they're dripping with talent all over yes. the skill position. So the uh, they'll get a good test this week with Lincoln Prep. Um, that's going to be a, a great game, um, but no. Um, those are the two biggest ones. And uh, nobody, nobody from five kind of stayed the same outside of Staley going up. Uh four up. I mean, if you look, if you look at just, I mean, if you're looking outside, St. Joe Lafayette went down to three. So now the St. Joe schools, St. Joe Central is a five, and and Lafayette and Benton are both in class three. And now I don't know how many people follow the situation in St. Joe, but there's been long talk of what they're going to do because those two high schools were shrinking. Um, yeah. you know, there was there was discussion at one point of shutting them all three down building a massive brand new school and just having St. Joseph high school, which would make it the which biggest three, school. Which three in the are state. you talking about? St. Joe Lafayette, St. Joe Benton and St. Joe central, all the St. Joseph. All school three. Districts. Okay. Yeah. There was wow. talk of that. That got voted down. They, they, they couldn't get any steam on that. It'd be like a class They're, seven school. wouldn't It well, I mean, It would be, it would be, kids. it would easily be the biggest school in the state. Um, And then there was talk of closing, you know, one of them down, you know, merging. The problem is, is that the two smaller schools are Lafayette and Benton. Lafayette's yeah. on the north side of town, Benton's on the south side of town, and Central's in the middle. So if you shut it's one of them commutes. down, it's commutes, it's it's major redistricting. So we'll go about it at a different time later. But uh, that, that that Lafayette coming down to three was uh, different, um, and that's kind of the, those are the biggest ones. I mean, you had like yeah. University Academy went up to three, but they they co opted with the Coffin School, and plus they had a, a district bonus from last year. Um, so they were going to probably go up to two anyway, and then they had the kids in, so they go up to three. Um, Summit Christian stays in three. Um, St. Michael's, I think they've been in two. They stay in two. So on the smaller school level, things things were pretty much the same, but Staley going up to six is the biggest thing, which for Staley, you're like, well, the only thing that, that hurts Staley is now they don't get any bonus points. Like when they beat Blue Springs, they would have got bonus yeah. points. Now they don't get any for their districts. So. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Hey, that's doesn't matter now. It's your size right there. Um, all right, let's get to it. The Remax Big Three games of the week. We'll stay on the Missouri side here and then introduce Kansas football season. Uh, you mentioned Lincoln Prep. 
and center. That, yes. that is a good yes. class three and class four there, correct? Uh, class four, class four, Lincoln Preps class four. Um, Lincoln Preps class four, okay. Yeah, so uh, last year they played in the regular season. No, they were both class. Were they both class three last year? They may have been both class three. And they both may have gone I thought up. they were both class three last year. Yeah, so they they both, okay, Lincoln Prep went up too. So they're both class four, uh, could see each other again in the same district. Uh, this is a great city you game. Know what? Actually, no, they were Missouri class four last year. They were last year. Okay. Was. They, they've been class four. Four for a while. That's what I thought. They played in the regular season, and that, and then they decided – we're going to try and do this every year. It's, it's one of those games yeah. they scheduled. Uh, it's it's a great game for the city. It's the deepest Glide Moore uh, Metro matchup game of the week. Um, so we'll have complete coverage of that along with you guys on on forty one. And um, it's going to be a great. They do a tailgate. It's a great. It's a great event. Um, and it's a great. It's a fantastic game. Uh, the, the, they play pretty much in everything else. And they decided last year, hey, we need to start playing in football. So yeah, about time. It's a it's a huge rivalry and everything else. I mean, a huge rivalry. So. Um, that that should be a good one. I I think you're gonna see a lot of talent display. You know, John Price isn't Lincoln Prep anymore, but you know they they went and hung sixty on a Cameron team. I thought would be a little better. Um, and then you know center hung sixty on Saint Joe Lafayette. Yeah. <laughs> so they're both coming off big wins. Um, the you know you you talk about depth. Maybe Lincoln Prep has a little bit more depth, but not a ton. So both their start all their starters are gonna play all games, <laughs> no matter what the score is. So it's gonna be mono a mono all game long. Yeah. Um, Carney at Fort Osage, we didn't mention the Bulldogs. They go into the lion's den um, and take care of Platte County yep. last week. A good win in overtime on the road. Yeah. Like I said earlier, you're going to find out a lot about Carney this week. Uh, Platte County, um, like I said, not quite as good as they've been. Uh, Fort Osage, this is a, Fort Osage is, this is a game that they have in the past. They've, they've, they've played each other off and on over, you know, in the last decade. Um, they kind of went back and forth. Uh, with the results in that game. And uh, Fort Osage is definitely the heavy favorite here. But you're going to find uh, – Logan Minnick likes his team at Kearney, um, and he's going to find out exactly where they stand. It's a great game week two for his team, coming off a good win, uh, going and playing – you know, you don't have to – you're not going to play somebody that you should beat coming off a big overtime win, emotional. You have to – I mean, you have to strap it back up. They had to, they had to come in Saturday morning and start watching film on Fort Osage because Fort Osage yeah. is really good. Well, how about this? The, the, the first three games of the season at Platte County, at Fort Osage, finally you get a home game. You'd have a breather, right? No, Smithville. it's Smithville coming down. <laughs> no, they made sure that Carney, Smithville, and Platte County all played each other <laughs> in the first few weeks because Platte County's playing Smithville this week. And so they, they said, okay, we, we can't break those up. And, and with the, the conference alignment, with Platte County being up, they said, well, we got to get the Platte County game in there in the non-con. So they all played each other the first three weeks. So they're all just kind of doing a round robin? Yes, that, that's one thing they kept. The, the Suburban Conference did not break those three up to so where they wouldn't, uh, you know. I, I used to think the Platte county um, Cardi rivalry was huge. And then as Smithville's gotten better, I don't I don't know. Somebody told me that the only thing Platte county and Kearney agree on is how much they don't like Smithville. Um, <laughs> so, and now Smithville's good. been really good. So, I mean, the, the thing about it is, is they all have, they all especially in football in the last decade, they all have played for or won a state championship. Yeah. And so they're all really good, and that makes it good. And and however you think heated the football rivalry is, I I dare you to go down to state wrestling one year don't to the class to three mat in oh the corner. God. Don't go in the stands oh. in that little corner because it's it's nasty. Yeah. Or do because it's great. And it's some of the yes, best it's oh I called the mat the, the, the class three mat one year, and it was great. There were so many great matches on that mat. Uh, and and but the you could hear those fans behind you, man. They were it yeah. was it was on between those three yeah. schools. 
All right, Liberty North, if you're going to be the uh, top team in Kansas City, we're going to keep an eye on you, and it's going to be hard to ignore them with that schedule week in and week out, and you can't ignore Liberty North and Liberty this week. Blue Jays got a big win last week, too. Yeah, 30 to nothing over Lee Summit West. Uh, coming in, Coach Fergon said he thought his defense was going to be really good. I think, it had, you know, they had eight or so starters back on that group, just like Liberty um, North does on their side. And so uh, I think that's what you're going to see here, two tough defensive teams uh, going at it. And and I think, you know, Liberty, Lee Summit West is down. They're not as good as they've been. But Liberty went in and stepped on them. And that's, I mean, that says a lot about where Liberty is a program because they they have gone from being – you know, they'd struggle there for a while when they came back up to six after the split um, and were, you know, three or four win team. But they have been a six, seven, eight win team uh, and won a conference title, uh, have have done those things, have, have you know, got to a dist- several district finals. So uh, that's a squad that really and a program that really is established and, and, and really good. And of course, Liberty North, we know what they're doing. So that game and this game has been close a few times, last few times they played it. It's It's crazy. It's fun. Uh, and that's a great rivalry game early in the season to get another non-con because they're not in the same conference. Yeah, I mean, look, last year they they were eight and four, and three of their losses two were against Liberty North, one was against Leaf Summit North, the other was yeah. Great Pet. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> that's literally could be a top five team in the state right there. Yes, you just yes. Know it. it. You could you could put Liberty's one of those teams that if we bracketed out some of the top teams in the suburban conference in, in Class Six and we spread them out, you could easily see Liberty in a Final Four or at least a quarterfinal. Yeah. Because they're good enough to get there. They're they're a top ten team playing in a league where they're maybe you know in, a, in the top half. You count suburban gold and silver together playing where yeah. they're maybe the fourth or fifth best team. All right, let's get to it here. Um, Kansas side, ring the bell. Welcome to football this season, Kansas, and they're they're hitting the ground running, man. You got Blue Valley Northwest at St. James, uh, one of your Remax Big Three games of the week. It's the six A state champs against the four A state champs. Obviously, they're in the same league, but they are hitting each other. Right there in week one. Yeah, you know, the, the Simone winner and the Fontana winner are gone. They're both gone. One was still gone. playing high school football, but in Louisiana. <laughs> yes, Jackson House went with his dad. His dad's the defensive coordinator at LSU. So he's at, I think, the Denham School, I think. Denham, like D-E-N-H-A-M, yeah. I think. or Not Durham. I think it's Denham. I, I, he, he'd like the tweet I did yesterday, so I was trying to see where he was at at school. Yeah. Great kid, by the way, Jackson House. A lot of fun to talk to. Wish he was still here, but uh, congratulations on his dad getting that job. But you know, Mike and Pauly's gone, but you know, Blue Valley Northwest. It, and I was out, the, I was out at both places first day of practice. It's funny when a team wins a state title in, in, in the big class, unless it's just one magical group that goes through. If, the, if that team is truly building a program, you see it the next year when you walk out there. Blue, Blue Valley Northwest got some dudes. There's a reason why they they mopped up Derby. Yeah. And, and I mean, out well, they physical Derby starters, but. They have expectations to be right back yes. there this year. Yes, it, yeah. it, it's more than just one class there. It's the thing. Uh, the thing that th- that got me watching Blue Valley Northwest when they first got there. When Clint Greider got there, I followed him on Twitter, and and he is a a good follow because he gives a a really good look into what things are going on. Not just with the football team. He he runs the weight room with all sports at Blue Valley Northwest. How the female sports are doing. How the how the you know non football sports are doing in the weight room things they're doing achievements they make and you could see as those achievements were being made in the weight room Blue Valley Northwest get better and that's why in year five he's got some dudes <laughs> or year he's six great. he's got some Grand dudes Field running back uh, yes. outstanding uh, they've got a the uh, the kid uh, I'll remember his name in a second who's an offensive lineman a tight end yes I interviewed him lineman. yes I interviewed him and he's big physical looking kid I mean he's 
Yeah. I mean, he looks like a, a guy who's a, a big time football player and, and, uh, no, they've got they a really good team. in college, but they got him in the old line. Yes. For the most part uh, in high school. And then you flip over to St. James and, you know, they got Wade Spencer back at defensive end. who's yeah. a fantastic player. Um, in our Simone watch this week, we talk about Buchanan and, um, and, uh, the Buchanan and the bell guys. And bell, Wade Spencer's yeah. definitely a guy there. And, and, you know, there's a, there's a, with the exception, well, Jackson house is gone. A lot of juniors on that St. James team last year to one state championship. Tyler Claiborne's gone. Um, the, the Neeson middle linebacker back, the receiver uh Neeson is back outstanding talk about three sport athletes I got to, I got to cover that guy in all three sports I did a basketball yeah. game I saw his foot so foot covering football did a basketball game I saw him in track and he is great in all those uh you know they've got to, and they they really like the quarterback they have and I you know I think the statement was made that if they I think he's a junior um and I'll, I'll I'm going to clarify Wait, all that because Sammy's little brother yeah um and and if he was the if there was no Jackson House, if he did not exist, he probably would have started last year as a sophomore. He played some last year early yes. on because his Radke, Tom Radke will tell you the Fontana Award winner wasn't playing like one those first four games. Yes. Jackson House was a Jackson House. He caught momentum and played great towards the end of the season. Obviously led him to a state title, but it was kind of a maybe a little two quarterback system there for a bit. Yeah, and Wheeler, Wheeler is, I mean, Raggy's like, he goes, we feel pretty good. He goes, we miss Jackson. We'd love to have Jackson. We feel feel pretty good with yeah. the guy they got. Yeah. All right, quickly, I've got about five more minutes left in the show. DeSoto at Lansing. Why is that one your big three? Well, you know, uh, Rick Pollard moves over to Lansing. Uh, Lansing was an improving program the last few years under um, Dylan Brown. He moves over now. He's offensive coordinator, I think, at Lawrence. Um, DeSoto was always good. Um you know, Brian King does a great job with that program. They, they graduate some good players again, but they always just seem to kind of reload. I don't know what it is about that school district. They've got plenty of football players. I mean, like I tell you, <laughs> the athletes out here. Yes. Yes. And and so Lansing, I think, is a, is a spot that is uh, had been getting better. And, you know, Rick Pollard did a really good job over at Piper. He moves over to Lansing. Did not know this until last week. He lives in Lansing, has lived in Lansing for 15 years. That's convenient. It's, it's like a homecoming for him. He's coaching his kid. He's like, he goes, now when I go to the corner store, I get to talk about the actual football team I coach because people – I'm in red now instead of purple, and they don't look at me funny. So it was kind of funny. I did not know he lived in Lansing, and he's kind of a Lansing guy. So he's lived there for 15 years. So this is, a, I think, a, a passion for him. Not that Piper wasn't, but, you know, when you're coaching your own kid and and, and that that kind of thing, it's it's always a great situation. Tonganoxy and Baser Linwood. Um, you can kind of lock this one in for – Can Tongi bounce back? Uh, you know, I think they will. Uh, you know, they're Tongi's a lot like a lot of smaller class four A schools. They're they're class driven. You know, like group of kids driven. Um, the one thing about it is Al Troyer, a great coach, retired the end of the year. His son Preston takes over. Uh, well, they, so the two years ago, didn't they have like two Simone Award winners? They had the they had the Fontana and the uh, and the, the Bell. Bell. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, they've. They have got, you know, they, what they what they do is in the years when they don't have a lot of talent, they're still really tough to beat. And the years mm-hmm. when they do have a lot of talent, they beat you. Um, and and this game has been the first game of the season for the last five seasons, uh, which started in the, when they were in the Call Valley together. And even when they went to the, uh, the UKC, Baser kept that game. They're like, we want to keep this game, and it kicks off the season. They've split two and two the last four years, so it, it's definitely it's kind of one of my favorite games, and I have to. I have to admit that it's an easy big three for me every year the first week mm-hmm. of the season, just because I like those two towns and 
Um, I like that those two programs, and and they're always they always put out good football teams. And of course, Rod Salbummer does a fantastic job at Baser. And I, you know, that we're gonna I'm gonna interview my radio show, and my question is gonna be, okay, what kind of kids you got this year? Because that's what your yeah. offense is gonna look like. He is one of the best at. Well, I got a bunch of big guys and a running back. We're gonna run the ball. I got a bunch of receivers <laughs> right. and a quarterback. We're gonna throw it forty times a game. You know, our defense is good. We're gonna win low scores. Our defense is not good. We're gonna outscore you. <laughs> <laughs> So he's he's a, he does a great job there. So that's just a fun game to watch. Couple of uh, maybe honorable mention big uh, three games of the week over on the Kansas side. Yeah, Blue Valley West and St. Thomas Aquinas. Really uh, yeah, like that was West a tough West call here. right there. That's a good uh, one right there. Aquinas drops down to four A, but look, they're still going to be one of the more you know talented teams in the EKL, which means one of the more talented teams in Kansas. I love that one, and uh, maybe sneaky good one here. Olathe West, really good quarterback going to Lawrence Free State, who had a great season last year. They lose a lot, but a good program there. Uh, sneaky good game on the from the Sunflower League. Yeah, no doubt. I, I think Olathe West is a team to watch. Uh, Free State they do a, a good job of, of replacing what they've got and 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 seem to they had the one bad year that you know COVID that first COVID year they didn't win a game that it seems like it didn't even happen because last year they came back and were you know right back to being Free State six seven wins a year so that's a good one and Blue Valley West I'll tell you right now they they look like a team that could go to state championship game Sage Huffman they're outstanding tailback just a junior. And of course, Sean Carroll on the Aquinas side. So two really good tailbacks in that game. Yeah. And then I, I believe Matt Nagy's son is fighting for the quarterback job or may or may not be, but he's going to be on the field for, for Blue Valley West as the Nagy's. Oh, that's, 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 I'll have to keep an eye on that one too. So that's a, so you get that Chiefs trickle down that I, you know, I, my own, like I said, I, last time I was at the Chiefs was, you know, I didn't have that conversation where I was at. So you, you guys get a little more scuttlebutt than I do. I got Jackson house long before you. Did. <laughs> well, the, the funny thing was he was going to stay and then, and then he, the, they decided to go ahead and go. Well, he was so. back there at the mill Valley seven on seven, hanging out with his buddies uh, over the summer. But yeah, he is down there in uh, Louisiana another oh Thursday night game. Uh, Olay the South. Who's yes. Good. They've got Ron some Litchfield. Yeah. And then they, they go, they play uh, Lawrence. So that'll be, good. no, that's a great Thursday night game. There's also a Thursday night game on the Missouri side. The university Academy is playing St. Mary's Academy. Saint Mary's. Yeah. Not Colgan, not St. Mary's, St. Mary's Academy. Trust me. I had to dig that one up to find the logo. Um, and it's a Thursday, like afternoon game because they don't oh, have right. lights at university Academy. So I think they're starting at like four so they can get the game in before good. the sun goes down. So a uh, good game for them as uh, they were kind of, double scheduled there and had an opening and, and that's a Thursday game there. So yep. uh, yeah, there's, and then there's Topeka schools that are playing on Thursday. I know that we that don't we talk pay about attention to now, right? Cause yes, they're in leagues yes. with our teams. Yes. They're playing a Thursday game. Cause they, the uh, Highland park West and uh, share Hummer. Um, okay. So they have to play some Thursday games there. And, um, so no, and, and one of these days I will get to Hummer sports complex. I hear it's a fantastic place to watch a football game. I uh, just have not made it out to, to been be there. there. It's been like 20 years though. Oh. <laughs> All right, Dion, thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. Thanks to you for watching as well. Week two of Snap Tackle Pod is in the books. Have fun on Friday night. We'll see you.